Can I, can I still have my time? Yes. Hallelujah. Uh, where do where I want you to go? Where, let's, 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 let's pull an oldie but goodie. Uh, Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Oh, brazen, brazen. Genesis 26. Good morning to all of our, good afternoon rather, to all of our guests. We appreciate you being with us today in the house of God. Good to see you. Welcome to Exceeding Grace Christian Center where miracles happen. And they do happen. They do happen all the time. Glory to God. Especially our first time guests. Welcome. Glad to see you here. Return guests. Glad to have you here. Anybody here? It's your uh, first time. Just raise your hand. Just first time. First time. God bless you. See you. God bless you. God bless you. See your hand. God bless you. Anybody else first time? Amen. All the first time is going to give us your name and birthday and social security and all that kind of, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, anybody, it's your second time. This is your second time you've been here. God bless you. I see your hand. See your hand. Now, the second timers, have y'all, did y'all receive one of our books? There's a books, book we give out to all of our second timers. If you haven't received it, put your hand up. Tell them I need my book. I need my book. I need my book. I see a hand up here that needs her book. Amen. Hurry up. Hurry up, Jerry. Hurry up. Anybody else? You ha- this, you've been here a guest. Now, members, don't play me. I'm talking about guests. You haven't received your book. Okay, good. Good. All right, Genesis 26 and 12, <clears throat> verse 14. <clears throat> Let's read that together. Read it, read. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. My goodness. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. My goodness. That just, that just gets me going every time I read that. It says that he sowed in that land and reaped in the same year, reaped in 2019, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And what happened? He began to prosper. And continued prospering until he became very prosperous. All right, now I want to talk today on this subject. I, I thought I will plan on teaching something else. The Lord said something to me, uh, said a word to me on Friday. I never heard this word, this phrase. And I looked it up and, and uh, it was a real phrase. So I'm going to preach on something this morning called the tipping point. The tipping point. The tipping point. The tipping point. Father, thank you today for the word that we're about to receive. I pray that your people are ready to receive that which you are ready to give us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we shall delight ourselves in you and in your word and your law today, God. Let your word flow, Lord, unhindered, unchecked by any outside force. Thank you for angels that are surrounding this place to make sure there's no hindrances and no more distractions in this place. Thank you that, God, as we, as we, we hear and receive the word, we will apply it to our lives and see the fruit, see the miracles that come in our lives this year, we pray in, G- in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. The tipping point. Tipping point. Uh, real quick, before I, I get into this, I, I made a note here. I wanted to make sure I say something. On Tuesday, something wonderful happens here in uh, Florida uh, and Pinellas County. We start on Tuesday. Anybody who's an ex-felon can register to vote starting on Tuesday. And I'm, I'm happy about that. We are happy. We, we voted for that. 
And uh, that, that passed uh, by a great majority here in November. Uh, I just believe when a person has served their time and done whatever they're called to do, we got to give them full citizenship rights again. Don't treat anybody like they're less than a real person now. And you know, people, especially of our persuasion, understand how important voting is. Amen? Uh, women's suffrage is all about getting voting rights, and we have still been fighting. There's, there's still pockets here in America where voting rights today are still being uh, sort of withheld and violated uh, against people of, of our persuasion. You understand what I mean by that? And so I'm just extremely happy that on Tuesday, if anybody's an ex-felon, you know somebody in your family who's an ex-felon, um, they can go and register starting on Tuesday and uh, vote, go right down to the courthouse, I believe it is, on Fifth Avenue uh, North, and uh, you can register to vote. So we're happy about that. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get down to business. Come on. Uh, the tipping point. I'm about to say the tipping point. All right, so the Lord has told us that 2019 is going to be a year of abundant manifestation, right? And it's, it's God's time to begin to manifest things that he's had hidden, things that he's had planned for generations, for many, many years. In fact, your Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, we know it very well, eyes haven't seen, neither have ears heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So God has some things that are prepared and planned for his people. And he spoke to my heart and said that 2019 is going to be a year of abundant manifestation. Amen? Now, not, don't just think financially. Don't just think of material things. It's going to be a year of abundant manifestation. In John uh, 14, uh, get this on the screen, please. John 14, I believe, is verse 21. There's a scripture there that I, have, I, I love. It says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So that's a visitation. So one of the, one of the areas that we're going to see uh, an abundant manifestation is of God himself, the Lord himself appearing to us, showing up in our situation. Well, I wish I had a few more people excited about that. Because this scripture has been has been a key scripture in my life that above all things that I want to manifest, I want the Lord to manifest himself to me and in my life. Because everything else besides that is just, is just secondary. You understand? Glory to God. My wife and I were riding in the car yesterday, and this song came on the radio on the Pandora, whatever it was we listened to, and uh, they were saying, uh, and we, we were singing along with the song. We were just driving down the street, cruising. We were singing along with the song, and that song was saying something about, something about God, you can take everything. Just take everything away. Just give me you. God, take everything and give me you. And, we were, and all of a sudden, I said, wait, what, what are we saying? No, 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 no. God, don't take everything. Don't take everything. I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I cursed those words. God is not a taker. He's a giver. Glory to God. Well, the Lord gives and he takes away. That was Job saying that out of his mind. God didn't say that. Job said that. Job thought God was doing it to him. And the Bible clearly says Satan was doing that to him. You got it? So God's a giver, not a taker. Amen? 
So God wants to manifest not only himself to us, but he wants to manifest everything in abundance in our lives. And this is a great year for this to happen. Amen. I told you this on Wednesday night. If you were here Wednesday night, you heard me say that 2019 is going to be an historical year for the body of Christ. I believe we're going to see manifestation of the Spirit of God. I mean, to hear the things that are happening in prison is just a preview of what God, God is doing uh, in, a great, in a great measure. Uh, he's going to do it even more than we've ever seen. He wants to manifest himself to his people. Elder David said it. There, there are churches that are just churches, and they never get a manifestation of God. They come to church, they have their program, have their order, and God never shows up. They have a steeple, have a door, have Bibles, and God never shows up. Amen. Yeah, Jesus Christ said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So that would say that people are gathering, but they must not be gathering in his name. But that's not us. We're gathering in his name. I mean, I love you. You look great, and you look all beautiful and nicely dressed, but I didn't really come to see you. I came to see Jesus. And if I don't see Jesus, my coming has been in vain. So I want to see him, I want to hear him, I want him to manifest himself in our church and in my life every day. I had a guy talking to me the other day, he, was, he wasn't debating, this is a guy, great guy, I, I, great heart. And he was talking about, you know, well, you know, the Bible talks about us, us uh, keeping the Sabbath, you know, keeping the Sabbath holy, because he believes Sabbath is supposed to be Saturday. And I was saying with him, well, you know, according to the book of Colossians, we're not judged by, you know, let no man judge you by Sabbaths and holy days and new moons and so forth. Because I said, here for us, Jesus Christ became the Lord of the Sabbath, and so for us, we keep every day holy. We remember every day, and we keep every day holy. So if, for me, it wouldn't matter if we all of a sudden said we're going to start having church on Monday mornings. It's every day is holy. And so since every day is holy, I'm creating an environment for God to manifest himself to me. How many of y'all want God to manifest himself to you? Now, how many of y'all really want God this year to show up in a way that you've never seen him before? Now, he might, he might come to you in a dream. He might come to you in a vision. He might come to you through a trance. But whatever, however he comes, let him show up in your life. And anytime God shows up, he never shows up empty-handed. Glory to God. God wants to do great things. Everybody shout great things. So since this is going to be an historical year for the body of Christ, if you're in the body of Christ, and if you do what I'm teaching you this morning, it's going to be an historical year in your life. Glory to God. I was sitting there and just, just beginning to meditate, and I heard this phrase to me, that this year the scales are going to tip in your favor. You ought to write that down. This year the scales will tip in my favor. The scales are going to tip in your favor. Glory to God. That means things in the balance of your life. Many of us, our lives have been out of balance. Glory to God. But this year, things are going to begin to skip, to move over, and the scales are going to begin to tip in our favor. Glory to God. This is going to be a monumental year. This is going to be an historical year, and it's already begun. I said it's already begun. We've already moved right into it. God has great plans and great things in store, and he's ready to manifest all those things in our lives. Glory to God. The scales, I heard that. The scales are going to be tipping in our favor. Scales of justice are going to tip in our favor. Glory to God. The Bible talks about in the book of Daniel, uh, in the book of Daniel, I think it's in Daniel chapter 7, I believe it is, where, where the Bible says that the time came 
for the saints to possess the kingdom. The Bible talks about in Daniel, I believe it's again in chapter 7, that, that, that God, uh, a, a judgment was made in the favor of the saints. They can get on the screen for me. Yeah, come I think it's in the same chapter. Look, y'all can look it up. Judgment was made in the favor uh, of the saints. So the, there, yeah, there it is. Daniel 7, 22. Until the ancient of days, that's Jesus, came. So when he comes, now he said we're going to manifest himself to us. So when he comes, a judgment will be made in your favor. Let me come over here. Whenever he shows up, he comes as the righteous judge. And as the righteous judge, he makes a judgment that's in your favor. That means every judgment that has been made against you, that has gone against you over your whole life, God is turning those things around. He's shoving those things around. And all these things are now going to be made in our favor. And the time is coming for the saints to not just preach the kingdom and talk about the kingdom, but now the time is coming for the saints of God to possess the kingdom of God, to possess righteousness, to possess peace, to possess joy in the Holy Ghost, to possess all things. I wish I had some witnesses here this morning. Tell you, baby, it's your time for God's favor. Tell somebody else, it's your time for God's favor. Oh, the righteous judge. I said the righteous judge. It's showing up on your behalf and everything is turning around in your favor. Many of us have come through some unfavorable circumstances. Many of us have dealt with some things that have not been favorable in our lives. And you, you wanted to quit. You wanted to throw in a towel. Matter of fact, you almost did. The problem is the dumb devil let you get to church today. That he let you slip in this church today and God's got a word for you today to tell you everything about to turn around. Soup. In your favor. Y'all sit down. I got, don't, don't hold me up. The scales. Scales. God hates, God hates uh, false balance. The Bible says a false, oh my God, thank you Holy Ghost. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. What is a false balance? In, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the literal term, you had where a scale where a person would come in, you're going to go buy some meat back in the day and they don't have it all prepackaged. You're gonna, they're going to cut off some meat, and they have weights that are supposed to tell you how much meat you're buying. But in the day, uh, and many people do it even to this day, they, they kind of alter the scale. They, they don't, it's not calibrated correctly so that it looks like you're getting more meat than you're actually getting. And the Bible says God hates that because he hates oppression, he hates robbery, he hates injustice. So the scales have been tipped against people. Well, you've been getting shorthanded. Come on. Some of y'all, somebody ought to say something. Because some of y'all going to work every day. You working hard every day. And the scales have been tipped against you. <laughs> so God says, I hate a false balance. So God has to begin to change the balance of things. Change the balance of power. Change your bank balance. Change. Oh, y'all didn't say anything about that. 
Oh my God. He's going to change all the balances now that are now in your favor. You're not going to be in the negative another day this year. You're going to be now in the positive and it's going to start creeping up. Because there's a word he wanted me to tell you this morning. So as, I, as, I'm, as I meditate on this here, on okay, they're going to take my balance. And all of a sudden I heard this phrase. I didn't know what it was. The phrase tipping point. I said, tipping point? What is a tipping point? What does that mean? Wow, like, again, thank God for Google, because through Google, I was able to find out that that's a real phrase. You know, I didn't, I didn't go to school for economics. You understand? I have a degree, but it's in theology. And I didn't learn this at, in seminary school, that, you know, there's a tipping point. So God had to educate me over this other area here. So there's something called a tipping point. Tipping point, let me give the definition of this here. It's, you got to catch this here, ladies and gentlemen. The critical point in a situation, anybody got any situations? A process, anybody going through a process? Or a system beyond which a significant and often unstoppable effect or change takes place. Well, this will make more sense to you here in the next few minutes. The tipping point. Everybody say the tipping point. It's the critical point in a situation, process, or system beyond which a significant and often unstoppable effect or change takes place. There's uh, can I talk to the entrepreneurs in this place? There's a, there's a, this, this is in, it's seen in the business world. Uh, how many of y'all ever heard of Apple? Apple, Apple didn't start out as the Apple we know it. It was a very small company, Microsoft, Bill Gates, second wealthiest man on this planet, on, on the record. And this guy, Microsoft didn't start out as this mega global uh, conglomerate. It was started in a, in a garage. And they started a process. They developed a system. And as they continued to follow their process, as they continued to, to follow their system, they begin to grow as a company. And that company, as they grew, they began to grow and expand. But there was always, until they got established, there was a place where they could always falter. But after they got established long enough, as they kept going, as they kept applying their process, as they kept working through their system, they hit something called a tipping point. And once they hit their tipping point, the company exploded to the point that now it's one of the most valuable companies on the planet. Apple has been labeled as the most valuable company on this planet. Why? They hit a tipping point. Where, where, one, where things begin to roll and explode so fast that, that they can't go broke. As, as, a, as a matter of fact, if, if, if I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this, as a matter of fact, if you were to, 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 to read, I, I read a lot of, of, the, of the financial stuff, that's, that's my lane, that, that, that 
One of the problems that they have, one of the problems that even, um, even uh, oh my gosh, uh, the, 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 the sage of Omaha, name is, is, I'm missing his name. Buffett. Warren Buffett has the same problem that Apple has, that they're, they're saying our problem with us is we have too much cash. Y'all not hearing that. <laughs> other words, other words, they, once you cross, are you hearing me? Once you cross this tipping point, things begin to explode and happen so fast that they almost happen on their own. McDonald's doesn't have to advertise. They only advertise because they bring out a new product, but they don't need to advertise that, hey, McDonald's is on the planet. They cross a tipping point such that things just happen on their own. And the process just keeps going on its own. It grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point that Warren Buffett says, now I have too much cash. Apple says we have too much cash. How many of y'all like to have that problem, too much cash? Well, how come y'all ain't saying that when I'm saying too much cash? Because you're trying to conceive. I never heard of too much cash, Pastor. I can never have too much cash. Apparently, you can have too much cash. We, we so used to having too little cash, we can't even imagine too much cash. We always thinking about too much month at the end of our money and can't even imagine too much money at the end of our month. But I have some news for you. You looking at a man who every month has too much money at the end of my month. I ain't going to lie about it. That's what's called savings. Savings is a result of having too much money at the end of your month. You can, you can do that when you're debt free. You can do that when you don't owe nobody a dime on this planet. You can end up with too much money at the end of your month. Glory to God. And so the tipping point. Y'all got this? It's the critical point. In a situation, process, or system beyond which a significant and often unstoppable effect or change takes place. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me on Friday and said, tell the people that this year, many of, of them are going to hit a tipping point and some of them are going to cross a tipping point this year that you're never ever going to look back you're never ever going to go back it's going to be irreversible and unstoppable give God praise if you believe that now, now I'm not talking to everybody uh, it's obvious I'm not talking to everybody because some of y'all can't look up I receive you can't smile you can't do anything you're trying to listen receive this by faith you, it ain't for you to figure out if God said it you just better grab hold of it this is what he intends to do in our lives alright y'all got this here now watch 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 I receive I receive I receive I receive glory to God glory to God I receive now listen my I don't, I don't ever, my wife will tell you, I receive. 
I don't ever share with my wife what I'm, what I'm preaching. Every time she asks me, John, what you're preaching? And I always say, I'm preaching about Jesus. Him crucified. And I say, no, yeah, him crucified, but him resurrected. Because you got to tell them about the resurrection. So I, I preach, I receive. I receive. I, I, praise the Lord. I receive. I receive. Now watch this. So I asked her, I, she asked what I'm preaching. So I happened to just kind of give it away a little bit about God saying something about a tipping point. Thank, I receive. I didn't mean to say thank you. I receive. Uh, so y'all sit down. So I asked her, so she, 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 I said, tipping point. And she said, oh, tipping point. Now my wife is a, is a I receive, is a chemical engineer. By, by education. She has double bachelor's degree, one in chemistry, one in chemical engineering. So when she hears the word tipping point, she knows this scientific stuff that I don't really remember. I did chemistry and physics and stuff through high school and that was, I was done with after that. Okay? So she, she made this statement that what, in, in her, in her, her uh, field, what, what uh, tipping point meant it's when potential energy gives way to kinetic energy. You got to catch this. It's when potential energy gives way to kinetic energy. It's when, in other words, if I had um, um, a, a, a bottle, right, and that bottle, I receive. Everything tends to stay at rest. What's the law? Law of inertia. Law of inertia is... Everything at rest tends to stay at rest. That's right. Unless an external force is applied. So. Right? So this bottle will stay at rest. However, if I were to keep pouring water into it, it what the, and at rest, you're saying this is a water bottle, but this water bottle is full of potential energy. It's potential energy. So if I were to pour enough water into it, it would spill over. It would tip over. It would reach its tipping point such that potential energy turns into kinetic energy. It would move. It falls over. God's saying, I'm about to pour so much into your life that all the potential you've been sitting on all the potential you've had is about to turn into kinetic. You're about to move faster than you've ever moved. You've been stuck. You're about to get unstuck. You're about to move. God is about to release you into your destiny, your future. Oh my God. And it's going because you're hitting the tipping point. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. My goodness. I receive. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, I receive everybody. Um, I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching for money. Y'all understand that. I don't, I'm, that's, they're just responding. Y'all can put on the. I don't care where you put it. I, I got to give you this right here. So another another phrase come, came to me because I'm now I'm flowing. My scientific mind is flowing. So another word, a phrase called critical mass. Now I'm not a scientist. I'm not a scientist. But these phrases are now coming up in my spirit. See, because the Holy Ghost knows science. He knows business. 
He knows everything. So not only did he, did he speak to me tipping point, all of a sudden I hear the word critical mass. Well, what in the world is critical mass? Critical mass is a size, number, or amount large enough to produce a particular result. Now, I don't know what that is before I hear this. Oh, I'm so glad I pray in tongues. I'm so glad I pray in tongues because, see, when you pray, when you pray mysteries, you reap revelation. So I'm hearing now critical mass, critical mass. Well, critical mass is what causes tipping points. It's when you reach a size, number, or amount large enough to produce a particular result. There's, there's a size, a number, or amount large enough to, make, to push you over the tipping point. Apple, McDonald's, uh, Microsoft, companies of this nature, they've, they've, they, they hit a size. Or they hit a number or they reach an amount large enough that it tips them, it pushes them over into a place of unstoppable progress. Man, I wish. Listen, let me, let me, just, let me just clear the air real quick. If you're offended by money, you better get over it. If you're offended by folk putting money up on this stage, you better get over that. You better get over that and receive what I'm saying to you. Because I feel it in the room. Let me just deal with that. I'm talking about critical mass. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost, ladies and gentlemen. Where you reach a place of a size, number, or amount large enough to produce a particular result. Um, for some of us, for some, listen to what I say, for some, I had to write this down so I made sure I said it, for some, our prayers, our declarations, our seeds, our actions, our faith, and our faithfulness have reached the stage of critical mass. I'll say it again. For some of us, our prayers, any praying folk in here, I mean seriously praying. Our declarations, what we've been speaking, our seeds, just like what's sitting up here, our actions, our faith, and our faithfulness have brought us to a stage or a point of critical mass. Now again, what is critical mass? Critical mass is the size, number, or amount large enough, or it's when you hit a certain point that's going to produce a result. The critical mass is what pushes you over the tipping point. Critical mass is when makes it, it's what makes everything all of a sudden change. Critical mass. Uh, uh, it's 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 you know you know you can you can overload an elevator. Yes. 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 
Right, you, you go, the elevator doors open, and there's 10 people on there, and you kind of size them up. You kind of look at the sizes, you know. These elevators, they're normally, you know, a 1,000 pounds or, you know, whatever. You know, all this, and you kind of looking off. Yeah, I'll wait. Go right ahead. Oh, no, there's room. No, there's not. Go right ahead. Because, see, you don't know if you're the one And I don't want to risk it, me being the one to push this thing over. So you understand this in natural terms. There's always something. There's, there's just one more. There's, there's, there's just one thing. So, so that, that's why I said some of us have reached it, but some of us this year, you're going to reach the stage of critical mass. You've been giving, you've been sowing, you've been tithing, you've been praying, you've been fasting, you've been seeking, you've been confessing, and you're like, ain't nothing happening. It's just going to take this one, it might be one, oh my God, it might be one more prayer, one more confession, one more word, one more day of fasting, one more, and you're going to fall off over. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, don't be weary in well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Something's going to push you over the edge. Somebody, somebody high-five somebody and tell, tell them you about to go over the edge. You about to go over the edge. And once you go over the edge, once you go over the edge, once you go over the edge, ain't no coming back. Ain't no turning back. Ain't no turning around. It's unstoppable, baby. For some of you in here, you have reached. You, you, you today were at the point. You were just, you were just one word away from critical mass. Before you ought to hear today, you were one word away from critical mass. I got your word. I said, I got your word. He got your word. He got your word. If that's you, he got your word. Now, if you ain't been doing nothing, you got to work on it. If you ain't been doing anything, if you ain't been praying, if you ain't been fasting, if you ain't been seeking God, if you ain't been confessing, it ain't yet. But you can get that this year. But for somebody on the other side of you, today, today, today is your one more word. And you have reached critical mass, and God's going to tip your life clean over. And you're about to go off the deep end into your destiny. The Lord says so. The Lord says so. I didn't know what a tipping point was. What is, what is a tipping point? I don't know what that is. Critical mass, I don't know what that is. <laughs> now listen, 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 listen. Don't be deceived. You know yourself. You know if you've been doing something. You know if you've been doing anything. You know if you've, been, if you've had some actions. You know what you've been confessing. You know if you've really been believing anything. You know it. 
And some of you, the reason you're shouting so hard is because you know. I know I've been working this thing, Pastor. I know I've been doing what, what everything you've been preaching. I know I've been doing what you're saying. So, understand folk who ain't saying nothing. If they ain't saying anything, don't worry about it. You just, you don't encourage them. Y'all sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. I got to teach this. I got to teach this. I got to teach you this here. I'm, can, I, can I show you critical mass here? Can I show you the tipping point here? Because everyone who faithfully and obediently walks with God eventually reaches a tipping point. Everyone who faithfully and obediently walks with God eventually reaches a tipping point. Everyone. You, it's impossible for you to walk with God faithfully and be obedient to his voice and not hit a tipping point. Well, I know people, they walk with God all they knew how. And they, they died broke as a joke. They were sick as, as skunks and everything. No, they didn't obey God and everything. Because God said in Isaiah 48, verse 17, he said, I'm the Lord, your, your God, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I teach you the prophet. So anything I say is going to benefit you. I'll give, I'll give you proof. Give me uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Glory to God. I said, everybody who faithfully walks with God, obediently obey, who, who walks with him in obedience, eventually hits a tipping point. Watch this. Now it shall come to pass if you, look at your neighbor and say you. Tell him you got to do this. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, that means whatever he commands you to do, you got to do it which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the, of the earth. Verse 2, watch this, verse 2. And these blessings, all these blessings, not shall be chased by you. They shall come upon you and overtake you. That's the tipping point. When, when blessings overtake you, when they're coming on you and you're not out hustling for blessings, you've crossed a tipping point. Most Christians live their lives out hustling for, for, for blessings. Trying to get it through this, trying to get it through that. But God said, no, no, when you walk with me and live like I tell you to live, these, all these blessings, they're going to come on you and overtake you. In other words, these things will just begin to happen to you all the time. He says, because you obey the voice of the Lord, your God. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I got to turn to this here. Watch this. Because it's, it's something in this, everybody. He says, they'll come upon you and overtake you. Now, how many of y'all understand banking? To a certain degree. Finances to a certain degree. Okay. This, this just a little side. The, the, one of the keys is just in the natural to wealth building or wealth loss is something called compound interest. Are y'all listening? Most folk uh, are, who are poor or middle class are on the wrong side of compound interest. 
That means, why? Because we borrow for a car, borrow for a house, borrow for a vacation, borrow for a night on the town, and we, because we borrow for it, and we, we, pay, we pay compound interest. That's the key to losing wealth. The people on the other side, they're collecting compound interest. And they collect money to a point that once they're, oh my God, once their money is, this, this, is, this is Warren Buffett's problem. Once I have cash sitting in a bank or sitting in an investment fund, it draws compound interest daily to the point now my money is making money. Y'all didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. Am I right about this? See, you, you move into a wealth place when your money is making money. When now you're not working for your money, your money is not working for you. That's when you're on your road to wealth. What is that called? That's money having money come on it and overtake it. I'm, I'm in the wrong house. I must be. That's money coming on your money and overtaking your money. So God wants to bless, wants you to walk with him in an obedient way, in a faithful way, that now you don't have to go work for blessings. Blessings start working for you. You don't go seeking out blessings. Blessings start seeking you out. And when, you, when this happens, you have crossed over the tipping point. Oh, boy. Oh boy, it's right there in the word. Look at look at verse eight, twenty eight, verse eight. Because when, when you when you become a uh, cross the tipping point, you become a phenomenon, phenomenal woman, phenomenal man. Phenomenal is something that people look at in awe or amazement or bewilderment. I don't understand it. They look at it. I don't. I can't explain that. I don't. I don't understand. People who be working the same job you're working, and they're, well, I don't understand how, but how you doing? People, people were born into the same house that you were born into, and they're looking at you and saying, but how, how? See, you become a phenomenon. Look at verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, watch, watch this next verse, verse 10, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. That you become a phenomenon. When you cross a tipping point, you become a phenomenon. When we look at companies like Apple and Microsoft and Google and Facebook, we're like, what? How do they? How? What? What? You become a phenomenon because we're used to seeing mom and pop businesses that they're, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. They do some things on a small level. But when you see a, a mega giant company like that, you're like, wow. But this is what the Bible says. If we walk with God and obey him and, and, and keep his commandments, he's going to make us a phenomenon. Are y'all listening to me today? Everybody say tipping point. Can I show you tipping point? Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, 
in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. So the Lord's doing this. Everybody say the Lord's doing this. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you. Now you got some help from heaven here. This isn't just you doing it. The Lord's helping you do this. He opened to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. Now watch what the tipping point will do. The tipping point, it says you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. When you cross the tipping point, you go from being a borrower. Oh, y'all didn't even say anything. I'm telling you what's about to happen in your life this year. 2019. You're about to move from being a borrower. I, well, you don't know how much debt I have. I don't care how much debt you have. When you reach critical mass and you hit your tipping point, it's going to shift you. You shall lend and you shall not borrow. Give me the same, can you give me the same verse in the New Living Translation, please? New Living. Watch this New Living Translation. This will bless you. This will, I promise you it will. Glory to God. This is what he's going to do. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. Watch this. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. See, the reason most folk have borrowed is because they feel like they needed to borrow. Because they've always been under. But once you cross a tipping point, you won't think about borrowing because you won't ever need to. Wait a minute, ever need to? But what, what if I want to buy a mansion? You won't need to borrow. Y'all are here. What, what if I want to buy a jet? See, it didn't limit need to borrow to getting tires on your car. We're talking about not needing to borrow to, get, to buy kids' school clothes. It just said you will not need to borrow. That means you'll never have a need that you'll have to borrow for. Never have a desire you'll have to borrow for. No, y'all don't understand. Warren Buffett said, I have too much cash. He don't need to borrow from anybody. He has too much cash. <laughs> Some of y'all gonna get this this year. Say, so you'll never need to borrow from them. Go, go back to the New King James. New King James. This is, this is good. Verse 13. Verse 13. Verse 13. And the Lord, this is what happens when you cross the tipping, the tipping point. The Lord will make you the head. In the tail when you cross the tipping point. You shall be above only and not be beneath. Why? Because you cross a point. I'll tell your neighbor, I'm crossing over. Now watch this. Watch this here. Now, Proverbs 4, verse 12, we saw this on Wednesday night. I preached a message Wednesday night called No More Hindrances. Yes. Did y'all hear that one? Yes. Proverbs 4, verse 12 in the, in the Passion Translation. Give me that in the Passion Translation, please, what it says here. It says, your progress will have no limits when you come along with me. This is the wisdom of God talking, and he says, your progress, in other words, you hit a point. You hit a place in God where you have now, you will have unstoppable progress. That's where God's ready to shoot you over this year. 
into a place where nothing and no one will be, will be able to stop you. He says your progress will have no limits when you come along with me and you will never stumble as you walk along the way. So listen, there's a place in God where your progress becomes irreversible and unstoppable. Oh my goodness. I want you to grab this. There's a place in God where your progress becomes irreversible and unstoppable. No matter who or what comes against you. Once you hit the tipping point, as long as you don't quit, there's no going back. See, I, can, I know I can never be broke again in my life. Why? Because I'm not going to stop doing what I was always doing. I'm not going to suffer again from, from uh, diabetic or pre-diabetic symptoms. I'll never suffer again from high blood pressure kind of symptoms. I've never ever diagnosed with any of that kind of stuff, but you know when the symptoms are there. Some of y'all act like you, you pretend like it ain't there. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's there. I will never suffer from that again. Well, why, one, I know how to confess I'm healthy. I, I do that. But also because I've changed. You made the changes you needed to make, sir. I reach a critical mass place of eating properly. In fact, tipping point. Everybody say tipping point. Uh, my wife and I a few years ago started something called Metabolism Miracle where we begin to really curtail uh, our carbohydrates and just begin to eat properly. You know, we, we have, most times our prayer lines are too, are too full. Prayer lines are full of foolishness because people are in the prayer line because they, they, just, won't, they just won't eat right. Just look down if you have to. People just in the prayer lines because they, and they, they'll be in every prayer line. Am I right about this, Chris? They'll be in every prayer line because they just won't make these changes because they're just so doggone greedy. Just have no self-control and can't deny themselves of stuff that they know is hurting them. You know that stuff is causing all kind of inflammation in your body. You know that stuff is causing all this kind of pain. You know it's doing it and yet because you just, I gotta have it. So we began to make these changes, and then uh, we, I jumped on something, well, we, we all have something, you know, call, they call it the keto diet. And, and so I'm not, you know, 100% that way. I just know I've learned, you know, how to adjust and make these changes. But I found out when you do the keto, or uh, do this kind of practice, you hit something called ketosis, or the keto zone. It's the tipping point. In other words, y'all listening? You eat, start eating properly. You cut out the wrong things. You eat the right things. And what happens, you hit a place after a certain amount of time of doing that where your body takes over and says, oh, oh, we're going to lose weight. Your body says, oh, oh, we're going we're gonna to get healthy, are we? So then your body takes over the process and begins to do it for you. All right. They don't want to stop eating. Yeah, we just keep on eating. 
But there's a point where your body takes over the process and begins to help you. Where really what happens is round the clock, your body starts burning fat. Round the clock. Same thing happens to anybody who likes to work out. You go and you work out, particularly weight training. If you, if you work out weight training, weight training, weight training. It, there's a while after you have lifted weights, after, even after you're done, put the weights down, left the gym. After, even after that, for several hours, your body will continue burning fat. What happened? You crossed a tipping point. I should have stayed on the money part. Y'all don't go back to the money part. Y'all quiet. Boy, ain't nobody running now. <laughs> you messing with me, Pastor. I just, just finished Thanksgiving. Just finished Christmas. You know? Just finished New Year's. and New Year, new me. Not if you don't change. So we understand tipping point. Can I show you a couple of people who went through this? Go to Genesis 12 real quick. Hurry up. Genesis 12. Abraham, the father of faith, hit the tipping point. Genesis 12, verse 3. God said, well, verse, let me just start verse 1. The Lord said, said to Abraham, Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you. Verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and then you all families of the earth shall be blessed. God's pushing Abraham towards a tipping point. Chapter 13, chapter 13, verse 1. In chapter 12, Abram had gone down to Egypt because of a famine. The famine came because of this promise on Abraham's life. Y'all didn't catch that. The, the reason for the famine was to stop Abraham from becoming what God wanted him to become. No, famine is natural. No, famines aren't natural. It's from the enemy. The enemy brought a famine because he knew the promise on Abram's life. Well, God, he, he allowed Abram to go down to Egypt. Now, Egypt, he's going down there into a place where he, he could be killed. But when you get to this place of critical mass, nothing's going to stop you. This promise of God is on his life. So he gets down there, and rather than him being killed, he gets blessed. When you cross this point, nothing stops the blessing from working in your life. And nobody can stop it. So he gets down there, and he, he, gets, he, gets, he gets blessed. Now look at chapter 13, verse 1. says, Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Very rich. He's, now watch this. You're saying, well, that's no problem being rich. I mean, what's the big deal about that? Okay, well, let's, let's, let's uh, go a little bit further on that here. Look at chapter 5. Uh, sorry, same chapter, verse 5. Because I want to show you tipping point. Lot also, Lot also. Now, no promise came to Lot. No word came to Lot. But Lot also, who went with Abram, See, when you cross a tipping point, it affects everybody else around you. Anybody attached to you, they'll get, they'll get blessed like you get blessed if they're, if they're properly connected. Come on, y'all got it? 
My overflow is going to spill on other people. Your overflow will, fill, will spill on other people's lives. That's why God wants to get you to the place of a tipping point because this is more than just about you. It's about him using you. That, that's why God told Abraham, through you, everybody will be blessed. Everybody said tipping point. Verse 6, the land was not able to support them or bear them that they might dwell together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Wait, what's happening? They both crossed a tipping point. Where, where there's not enough land to take care of all you got. We got too much cash. <laughs> well, somebody, I'm, I'm, no, no, sorry. I th I'm thankful somebody's getting this here today. Now watch again how the enemy, he tried to stop him by sending a famine. He was going to try to get him in Egypt. Now watch the enemy try to get him again. Everybody say the enemy. Verse 7, and there was strife. What's the strife for? It's the enemy trying to stop them from walking the fullness of God. And strife, there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. Verse 8, so Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. He said, I'm not going to let this. He said, man, I'm enjoying what God's doing. I know strife is going to stop what God's doing in my life, so I'm not going to let strife be in my life. Strife will stop you from, from achieving what God wants you to achieve. Strife gets in the way. You'll be all angry. It happens in marriages. It happens in family. It happens in business. It happens in the church. He said, verse 9, the whole is not the whole land before you said separate from me. He said, if you go to the left, I go to the right. If you go to the right, I go to the left. Why? Because he realized this land isn't what's, what's prospering me. It's not you. It's the blessing from the Lord. God's doing this. And I've crossed a point where it is irreversible. It is unstoppable as long as I keep walking with God. So I'm not going to let a little bit of stupid strife get in here and stop me, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let strife get in there and stop you. Nobody got time for no strife, man. I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm working on something. Come on, tell them I'm working on something. Now watch. So Abraham dealt with the strife. Now here comes God. Verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot separated. Lot missed this one. He said, now remember we, in, we talked about tipping point here. He's already blessed. He's already rich. Matter of fact, the Bible calls him Genesis 13, 2 in the Amplified, extremely rich. But watch God in Genesis 13, verse 14. He said, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. He said, look, every, look, look in every direction. And look around, look around, look around, look around. Look, every, look everywhere you can. He said, for all the land which you see, every, as far as your eyes can see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, tipping point, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, 
then your descendants also could be numbered. So arise, walk in the land through its length and its, and its width, for I give it to you. What happened? Abram's crossed a tipping point. He's, he's crossed the point of no return. Where now just blessings are coming on him and overtaking him. He's just walking with God, Gershom. That's all. He's just walking with God. He's just obeying God, going wherever God tells him to go, do whatever he tells him to do, making sure no strife is in there. He's just, oh, he's just obeying God. And God keeps coming on and adding stuff. God keeps coming on and bringing more stuff. Abraham's not asking for it. God keeps bringing it on him. Why? He's crossed a tipping point. This is what God says is going to happen in your life this year. Oh, you better watch and see. Tell you, they better watch and see. Watch and see. You may not believe this, but watch and see. <laughs> I don't care if you don't believe it. I believe it. Sit back. God's about to put on a show for his people. For his people. Glory. It's late. Can I, can I talk about it? Can I talk about Isaac? Let me show you Isaac because Isaac, same thing happens to him. Genesis 26. This is our key scripture. Verse 12. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Then Isaac sold in that land. Sold in what land? Now, if you go back to verse 1, there was a famine. Why is it you had a famine? The enemy is trying to stop this blessing overflow from happening. He saw what happened to Abraham and he for doggone showed him what has happened in Isaac's life. So the enemy comes with a famine. Some of y'all better grab a hold of that today. God knows his promise of your life and the devil heard it. You trying to figure out how you keep running into famines. Oh, come on this side. Some of you, it's your some, some of you, the famine is your fault. But most of you, it's because the enemy knows that if you get to this next stage of your life, if you reach a place of critical mass, you're gonna tip over, over, and there'll be no stopping you ever again. He knows what a threat you are to him if you get everything God has to be. He knows he better stop you. But the point, the problem he made was he let you get in here this morning. Some of you going through a family in your life right now, you better shake that thing off. I don't care if you're going through a financial famine. Don't, don't ever go through a praise famine. Don't ever go through a joy famine. I don't care if there's a health thing hitting your body. Don't ever go through a worship famine. Make sure you are giving God all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the worship in the midst of your famine, in the midst of your valley. Don't ever cut off your praise of God. Keep hearing God's voice. Keep listening because God will give you instruction. When, when, when this famine hit in Genesis, 20, Genesis uh, 26, uh, 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 Isaac had the same idea. My daddy went down to Egypt. So he said, I'm going to go down to Egypt like my dad did. And God said, no, not you. You can't do what your daddy and your mama did in their family. You got to hear God's voice for yourself. And when God's with Isaac, he said, Isaac, don't you go down here. No, you're going to stay right here because I'm going to show out in the middle of this family. 
I'm about to up this thing. I'm about to upgrade your faith. I'm going to show up and show out right in the middle of this whole famine. Some of y'all, you better get ready. See, see what happened was, many, oh Jesus, many times folk hit a famine and they feel like they, they got to move cities. I'm, I, need, I need to go to Atlanta because there's a famine here. I need, I need, I need to go to Orlando because there's a famine here. I need, I need to move to Miami because there's a famine here. You ain't got to move. Because if the devil's behind it, wherever you go, he's going to bring that famine down there wherever you go. Tell you that, but you ain't got to move. You got to obey God. You ain't got to move. You got to hear God's voice. You ain't got to move. You got to praise God right in the middle. Because God's about to show out. Sit down. I want to finish this here. I'll make this the last one. You ain't got to move. God's about to move. Oh, he knows you. He knows. He sees you. He sees you right in the middle of all your family. He sees it. He's a very present help in the trouble. He's right there. The famine is just another big opportunity for God to show up in your life. And when folk thought you should have died in a famine, you're going to come out of that thing, boy, look at me now. Verse 12, verse 12, Isaac sold in that land. He sold in the land of famine. That didn't make any natural sense. Didn't make any agricultural sense. But he sold seed in that land. In the famine land. And while nobody else is reaping. Because a famine, that's what a, fa a famine is, no reaping. A drought is no water. A famine is no reaping. But here he is in the middle of a famine, and he, the Bible says, reaped in the same year. Boy, are y'all ready for your year? Same year reap? Same year harvest? He reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Now watch the tipping point. And the Lord said, boop. See, because once, once she got that and, boom, it's over. See, because reaping in the same year, that's great, a hundredfold. Anybody or any farmer would love to get a hundredfold return, but all he's going to do with that is just, you know, turn around and sow part of it back in the ground because he want the next year, everything, everything. But the Bible says, no, it says and. The Lord said, I ain't done. Reap, in other words, watch this. Oh, God, thank you, Holy Ghost. Reaping is natural. Y'all missed that. Reaping is a natural process. As long as earth remains, Genesis 8, 22, seeds have been harvested. So, so that, was, that was natural in this first part. Not a hundredfold was supernatural. He's, the supernatural part is that he's reaping in the middle of a famine. So it's super, it's super on the natural. But God said, no, I'm, I'm going to take him to the, to the tipping point here. And the Lord blessed it. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. 
May he make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace. May the Lord increase you more and more, you and your children, and your children's children, and your children's children's children. Oh my God, there's a place in God that he wants to bless you so much. Oh God, thank you, Holy Ghost. You remember, you remember I told you in Genesis 26, in, in, in Deuteronomy 28, that the tipping point would turn you from being a borrower to a, to a lender? Well, you can move from not having enough to having more than enough? There was a widow woman in 2 Kings who she was in debt. Her husband had died. Left her in debt. The creditors are coming to take her boys to work off the debt for the rest of their lives. But yet she got a word from the man of God. Today you are getting a word from the man of God. And when she followed the word from the man of God, she filled up those oil vessels with all the oil, went and sold her, and the man of God said, here, here what you do with your tipping point. He said, go pay off your debt. That's all she came for. Pay off the debt. But the tipping point won't let you just pay off the debt. Paying off debt just gets you back to zero. God ain't a zero God. God is a hero God. And he ain't gonna stop it just paying your debt off. He said no. And you and your sons live on the rest. He created multi-generational prosperity. Because they hit a tipping point. Tell your neighbor, you ain't going to zero this year. You're going over this year. You're going over. You're going over. Zero ain't good enough. Zero ain't good enough. God gonna take you all the way over. And the Lord blessed him. Genesis 26, 13. What happened when the Lord blessed him? What happened when the Lord blessed him? What happened when the Lord blessed him? Here's the tipping point. The man began. See, once you cross it at least, ain't no going back. Once you go over, there ain't no going back. Because once the Lord put the blessing on him, and the Lord blessed him. When that blessing came on his life, in fullness, he began to prosper, and he continued prospering, 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 and he continued prospering. He crossed over to a point he couldn't go back anymore. He continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That's too much cash. Matter of fact, give me that same verse media in the uh, Message Bible. Verse 12, verse 12, Message Bible. Verse 12, Genesis 26, 12, Message Bible. Isaac planted crops in that land and took in a huge harvest. God blessed him. Verse 13, the man... Right, but God did it. That ain't right. God did that. Don't don't get mad at Isaac. God did it. Don't get mad at Abraham for being rich. God did it. 
Matter of fact, when you read Genesis 24, Genesis 24, when, when, when Eleazar, his servant, goes to find a bride for, for his son Isaac, Eleazar tells, tells uh, Rebekah's family, he says, the Lord has blessed my master greatly and made him rich. He said, the Lord did it. You just throw this in again. Don't look at me to apologize for being blessed. Don't look at me to apologize for being blessed. Because I, I learned, my wife and I learned to sow in our famine. We sowed in our famine. We, we, we were at a meeting with a man of God. Man of God flew into town in a jet. Flew in town in a jet, flying back out on a jet the same night. Not a jet, not Delta, his own jet, he owned. Dr. Creflo Dollar, I'll call his name. Flew in town on a jet. We drove, we drove into town in a, in a Honda with barely with any gas in it. And when he received that offer that night, well, I had $16. To my name. And what's mine is hers, and what's hers is mine. So that's $16 to our name. And got to feed three kids at that time. But when he took that offering, in our famine, we planted a crop. We planted. Wait a minute, go back to verse 12. Oh, he planted crops. I didn't even see that. How you plant crops? First of all, you're supposed to plant seed. But the Holy Ghost knows the end from the beginning. When you're planting seeds, you're not just planting seeds, you're planting crops. Lord, have mercy. So we're, not, we're just sitting there trying to figure out how we're going to feed the kids and put gas in the car. We just obey God. So don't ever look at Pastor John or Pastor Kim to apologize for being blessed. God did it. God's done it. And he's doing it. We, we begin to prosper. Help me out of the baby. We begin to prosper. And continue to prosper. And you continue to prosper. Are you continuing to prosper? Until one day you're going to say, oh my God, I got, I got too much cash. And he's going to say, you got too much cash? Okay, I got an orphanage over in Haiti. Yes, sir. I got an orphanage over in Russia. Yes, sir. I got an orphanage over in Tampa. Yes, sir. I got an orphanage over, over in Houston. Yes, sir. I got an orphanage over in the DR. Yes, sir. I got it. I got widows in the land. I got, I, I got it. I got it, God. I got it. I got it. That's why I got too much cash, so I can give it. So he continued to prosper. He got richer and richer by the day. In verse 13, verse 13 got richer and richer by the day. And then verse 14 says he accumulated flocks and herds. I ain't going to talk about that. And many servants so much that the Philistines began to envy him. Now when they envy him, they tried to stop him. I, I got to quit. They tried to stop him. I'll pick this up next Sunday. They tried to stop him. But remember now, remember now what happens. When you cross the tipping point, it's irreversible and unstoppable. 
So the Philistines, they kept, they kept filling up the wells. Every time he and his, his staff company found a well with water, the enemy tried, they would stop it up. Why? They're trying to stop this blessing flow in this man's life. But you can't stop. You can't, you can't curse what God has blessed. And God blessed him. And I don't care what enemy rises up against you this year. They're not going to be able to stop what God has blessed. I'm talking about, for some, some of y'all, don't even, you ain't paying attention to me. But if those of y'all who receive what I'm saying, you're going to be unstoppable this year. You're going to walk into the fullness of God's blessings. Now watch out for the enemy, because he's coming just to show. But he can't stop you. They envied him, because he became a phenomenon. They tried to stop him, but every time they did, Boom, they found another well. Boom, they found something else. Boom, they found something else. Look at one last verse. Verse 23. 23. This is after he went through all that stuff with them. Verse, there, then he went up from there to Beersheba. Verse 24, and the Lord appeared to him. Remember with Abraham? After Abraham dealt with this thing, the Lord appeared to him. God does the same thing. The Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I'm the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear. I'm with you. All the devils of hell can't stop you, Isaac. I'm with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. I got a promise to keep to your daddy. So I'm going I'm to make sure I bless you. Abraham is in God's face right now. And according to Genesis chapter 17, verse 7, the Bible says, God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going I'm to bless you, multiply you, you and your descendants. My covenant is with you and your descendants after you in their generation. So Abraham's sitting there in God's face right now. And he said, you got to bless them. And every person down Abraham's line crossed, if they obey God, crossed the tipping point to the point where they became unstoppable. It was irreversible. And they passed on things from generation to generation. I've showed you it can happen in your health. Y'all didn't like that part. But it'll happen in your health. It'll happen in your wealth. Yes, sir. It'll happen in your marriage. Yes, sir. They got something called a seven-year itch. Y'all ever heard of seven-year itch? People, they say, through the first seven years, boy, it's kinda, it can be kind of rough, man. You know, by the time you get the seventh year, you know, it's, we're almost ready to kill each other. You know, but if you can just make it do that, from there on, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, happily ever after. In other words, you cross a tipping point in your marriage where now we've learned each other. We know each other pretty well. Now we've, we've adjusted. Y'all quiet. We've adjusted. Is this a marriage minute? No. We've adjusted. And now we can, we can soar. See, it happens in every area of our lives. 
if we be faithful to God. The Bible says a faithful man will abound with blessings. Come back next week. I'm going to show you uh, how you reach critical mass. You got to know how to, how, to, how to reach critical mass. Some of you have reached it. Some of you have reached it, and you, your, your tipping point is today because you just needed this one word from the Lord. So you got it. You got it. <laughs> You'd be like a snowball going downhill. Just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as it goes. Some of you, if you've not reached it, I'll make sure you know how to reach it. That point of critical mass, that's going to carry you over. So you'll cross tipping point sometime this year, if not, this, not before this year is up. By the time you walk into January 2020, you're going to be over it. And from there, there's no looking back. Y'all receive that? Y'all really receive that? Lift your hands all over this room. Lift your hands all over this room. Father, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it today. Your word is true. Your word is true. It's your desire to bless. It's your desire to heal. Not only to heal, it's your desire for us to walk in divine health. Your desire for us to walk in divine life. Your word says the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. You said you wish that we above all that we would prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. So today, Lord, I ask you to help our souls to prosper. When it comes to your word and your plans, what you're saying for us, I pray that every hindrance that there, there may be in our, in our own minds and our own imagination concerning these areas of our lives, that God will shake those things off and grab hold of your word and believe that your word is true. Your word is true. Your, Lord, in fact, it says in your word, let you be true and every man a liar. So we believe you over anything anybody else has said. We believe you over anything anybody else has done. We believe you and your word to be true and it is truth. And so God, today I thank you for the message you've sent today for these, your people, of this tipping point, this critical mass, that God, your people will step off into divine destiny, inheritance, overflow, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Father, that we'll never look back and never go back but we'll come into the full measure of the stature of Christ as a church and individually the full measure of the stature of Christ now I pray this blessing and command it over your people's lives this day as I've released what you've given me to release as they have received it be it unto us according to your word we pray in Jesus mighty name Amen. Put those hands together today if you receive that word today. Give God a praise. Give God praise. Give God glory.
Everybody here born again? Yes. 